welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is Wednesday, December 15th, 2021, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And as we come to a close of 2021, We've been taking the last several weeks to really look at the act of giving. And I know a lot of times when we think about giving, we we tend to only think, especially as we come to the end of the year, of giving financially. But what we really want you to see is there's so many ways that we can give, and not just here at the end of the year, but even as we look to 2022, ways that we can give of our time, of our talent, and our ability. And today, specifically, we really want to talk about the giving of time. You know, I, I one of the things I think about when I think about time is, you know, not everyone has been given the same amount of artistic ability, the same types of ability, the same amount of resource to be able to give financially. But the one gift that everyone has that is exactly the same is our time. Everyone has 24 hours in a day. Everybody has 60 minutes in an hour and 60 seconds in a minute. There is no shifting or variation. And so really, when we give of our time and we give of ourselves in our time, it's one of the greatest gifts that we can give. And it's a gift that anyone can give, but it's also very dear and very precious. And so we want to make sure that we talk about how we give our time. And we thought of no better way than to bring in one of our national board members, one of our partners, one of our friends, uh, really someone who is the engine of our ministry in a lot of different ways. And that is Miss Kim Christenberry. Kim and Bill are adoptive parents. Uh, they have eight children. Um, really, you can count that if you uh, if you talk about the the child children that they have as well, or the child they have as well that's in Uganda who is uh, adopted but not physically adopted. So they have almost nine children. Really, uh, several of their children have come home from China. Uh, two girls from Ukraine, and then they have three biological boys. Uh, They have been not just such advocates on our board, but they have also been advocates of giving their time to our camps and uh, to to translating in sign language and to so many different things that both Kim and Bill and their family do to give of their time to Lifeline. But before we introduce you to Kim and bring on Dr. Rick, I want to remind you about our Advent cards. Start Advent today, even on the 15th, it's not too late, with the free 25 downloadable Advent cards from Lifeline. These are short. They have a biblical devotion and scripture on each card. They're beautifully designed and they're written for all members of the families to understand. So from the youngest to the oldest, there's something that can enrich our time of considering Christ and considering the gift of God here during this Advent season. So see the link in our show notes, or if you want to go ahead and start downloading those for your uh, family devotion tonight, you can go to lifelinechild.org backslash advent dash cards. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash advent dash cards, or see the show notes. Well, Dr. Rick, great to be with you again this week, especially as we continue this idea of giving and how important it is to give. And I I love this whole concept 
that we all have the same resource when it comes to our time by which we can steward. Everybody has the same amount of hours and minutes and seconds that we can steward each and every day. And uh, we're, we're so grateful to have Kim with us today as well. Yeah, Herbie, I, I think, um, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that, yes, we do all have the, the same ability to give of our time, but just how precious that time is. And, you know, that our, that our days um, in, on this earth are short in a lot of ways. And, and so putting our, you know, p- putting our effort and, and, and putting our intensity into um, how we use our time is, is, you know, is super important. Um, I'm just really thankful for Kim and Bill and for their friendship. Um, the, you know, it's a rare gift sometimes in the body of Christ to be able to be, um, be with friends who just, you can just unburden yourself and tell the truth and not really have to pretend. And, and so, uh, Kim, I, you know, we love you and we are so thankful for you, for your service on our national board and, and for all the things you do, but most of all, we're just thankful for you and for Bill and, and, and for your family because, um, because you're just family to us. So welcome, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, and back at y'all. I mean, it's nice to have not only friends, but safe friends, safe friends who are believers, have the same like-mindedness, but also have a a lot of the same unusual life experiences. So (laughs) it's a lifeline, and you guys are great (laughs) blessing to us. Yeah, funny, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I remember uh, we, you know, we realized that um, along the way as we were getting to know each other years ago that our, our middle son um, came from the same region in Ukraine that your girls are from. And so some of, some of that getting real is, you know, going back and thinking about those, uh, those funny experiences in that little bitty town and, you know, their uh, tourist trap of a ruin of a fortress and all these funny things that we, uh, you know, we've really never been able to share with anybody else. And, and now they're, now they're two, actually, uh, you guys and one other uh, family that's connected to our national board who all adopted from there. And we get to, we just kind of get to laugh about God's economy of all of us ending up in that little bitty, uh, you know, kind of strange little village. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Kim, why don't, maybe let's, let's lead off by just, um, Herbie did a great job of introducing you, but maybe just tell us a little bit of, of your story, um, you and Bill, and, and how, how you became connected to Lifeline. You know, our first connection with Lifeline was um, back, way back in the late 80s when we were told we would never be able to uh, birth children. And so we walked into the teeny little office <laughs> on Pump House Road and and said, we need an application. Um, and through God's work, we did end up becoming pregnant and having three boys. And then full circle came back around when Bill went on a mission trip to Ukraine and visited some orphanages and was just so overwhelmed with the number of children that needed mamas and daddies. Wow. And That's so... That brought us back to my mind. That's awesome. And so you guys stepped through and... Uh, began the adoption process and brought your sweet girls home. Um, But God was not nearly done with building your family through adoption, right? (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So we went to Ukraine thinking we'd bring home a four or five-year-old little girl. Our boys were 13, 12, and 10. 
And as God would have it, the great surprise was our now Elise and Sela, who were at the time 10 and eight and a half. And they were just perfect little stair steps into our family. We kind of, I guess, I don't think we thought a whole lot about whether we were done or not. We were just dealing with that first couple years. And then we got a call from Lifeline about a little boy in China who was profoundly deaf. And um, the social workers knew that I was a sign language interpreter. And so they just said, would you pray for him, advocate for him, um, and just think about it? And we said, sure. And we prayed a lot. And we, I literally reached out to deaf people or people in deaf ministry around the world about him. And at the same time, Bill and I kind of knew, thought, okay, he needs to be ours. We can do this. We are involved in the deaf community. He needs a mama and daddy. We're a mama and daddy. We've done the adoption thing, international thing. And so um, we pursued adopting Johnny, who was almost seven when we brought him home and had no language. About a year after that, we felt like, we still weren't um, to our capacity. We still had the ability to love more children, and we thought it would be nice for Johnny to have someone that not only looked similar to him because he was the only Asian child in the family, but that was deaf like him so that he would have a sibling um, a lot like him so he didn't feel so isolated. And we... Uh, we're pursuing bringing our poppy home, who was 10 at the time, and about three months before we traveled, we got a phone call about a 13-year-old boy who we were able to Skype, um, who is our pie, and God, again, worked things out so we could fly one trip, bring them both home, so Christmas week of 2010, those two came home, and I think then we were we were thinking we might be full, but we really weren't sure. Um now, looking back, I think, yeah, we were. But, but Mutebi, as Herbie alluded to, in Uganda, we have known since uh, 2011 and has always been very precious to our family. And we were able to bring him home for a few years to get some medical help that he needed and, and um, just to love on him and have him as part of our family until, unfortunately, COVID um, kind of hurried, expedited his return to Uganda, but we're still very much in touch with him, and he's very involved with King Jesus Church and uh, Pastor Kajubi and and the school there for deaf and blind kids. That's kind of us in a very long, big nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a pretty concise introduction and, and getting everybody together. I can tell you've oh, done that it. before. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Well, thinking about, you know, even thinking about the story with Mutebi and your connection to, to King Jesus Church, um, you know, I think one of the things for a lot of us as adoptive families, when we, you know, when we get home and we settle into the, the you know, whatever our normal is going to be. And, and as I said, we've laughed a lot about our normal is and everybody else's normal. Um, and, and it can be, you know, um, quite busy and quite involved, but, um, but you guys didn't, you didn't stop with just um, building your family through adoption. Orphan care has really been a, a, a passion and, and and a calling that you've you've walked out for um, a long time. Like, what would you tell people that are listening about why it's important for um, people who are a part of the body of Christ to be engaged in orphan care? Well, 
Well, I will tell you, it first really hit us as we were driving away from the girls' orphanage in Ukraine, seeing all those little faces up against the fence and thinking there's there's got to be something more we can do. And I think as believers, as Christ followers, it's not only an option for us, I think it's a responsibility for us. I mean, the Bible tells us that we are to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and, and it's so easy to give of yourself for this. I mean, just it's it's not a difficult thing to give some of your time to minister to these, to help Lifeline in whatever little projects. Um, it just, for us, it's our passion. It's our ministry. This is what we know. As we knew we were called to adopt, we knew when that came to an end that we were called to care for orphans. And I think it's very rewarding, selfishly, I feel, and Bill, my husband, feels the same way. We get so much more out of giving than we could ever give to a child or children. It's just, it's, I think the glimpse you see of God and his work and his love for us is inexplicable without experiencing it yourself. Yeah, Kim, you know, it, it occurs to me as well. I mean, when we're talking about um, just your family and and the, I mean, just surely by numbers, you guys are busy, right? <laughs> like you've been busy for, and you've been busy for a long time. Uh, a lot of kids, a lot of, a lot of kids moving in a lot of different directions. And now, you know, even, uh, you know, grandchildren as part of that equation. Um, so, at, I mean, as you think about, um, how, how finding time in, in the busyness of life to be engaged in ministry and particularly to be engaged in ministry to, um, to orphan and vulnerable children, um, like how did you find time in the midst of everything else that you were already doing to, to be able to be a kind of a part of this work? Well, you know, one of the beautiful things that just happened, I guess, for lack of a better word, organically, was when there were Lifeline events, we involved our children in helping. And that not only helped them to see the continuing need, but it helped them to now be part of the part of the giving end instead of the receiving end. And, and so we went at a lot of things as a family. If, if um, envelopes needed stuffing. We could do that. I could bring several of the kids with me. Or if um, signs needed to be put up at a race, we could do that. And so our whole family, we've kind of embraced um, caring for orphans and vulnerable children through Lifeline as a family. That's kind of our family passion and ministry. And now as our children are becoming adults, they're starting to take that on and understand that and um, our son in Georgia, who lives in Atlanta, is starting to get involved with Lifeline there and does the run there. And um, so I think for families like ours that are so busy, you still, if you're still going to do something as a family, you can make it something that impacts God's kingdom, that really helps others. Instead of all going to, I don't know, go to a football game or something, which we certainly do, we can say, okay, on this Saturday, we're going to help with the run, or on this day, we're going to help Lifeline, you know, do this. And just trying to connect our kids so much, 
and our kids are safe when they're connected with Lifeline because people get it. They know that our children might have a little bit of uh, difference about them or some, some special needs, and they're accepted, and they get that. So for our family, it's just been, it's been very natural that since we have completed the adoption journey, the natural transition is to then turn that around and care for those who are not yet adopted or may never be. You know, Kim, one of the things that I love, even as, as you're talking about all of your kids being able to get engaged, really, as we go back to this idea of giving of your time, that's the beautiful thing because everyone in your family is giving equally of their time to invest their time to go or to invest their time to volunteer and knowing that even amongst your family, you have family that obviously are hearing, you have some family that uh, are not hearing, you have uh, some family, you have some family that have different gifts and different abilities and even different capacity for things. But how has serving together and giving of your time actually been an equalizer to help every individual member of your family feel valued, needed, and like a contributor? Well, that's a great question because I think absolutely everybody finds their finds their niche, finds their ability. And again, I'm not just puffing up Lifeline, but but when our kids come in, some who are profoundly deaf and stuff, there's you know there's no there's no barriers for them. We just figure out who can do what, and and it's a family experience. And we all know that when our families experience things together, it bonds us better. Um, we have memories. We have um, we have experiences that we've all gone and you know worked the run together, or we've done this. And everybody, you know, the the deaf kids can drive the little two by two car as well as anybody. Put out signs as well as anybody. And and um, you know the hearing kids can talk to other people and help them register. So there's a lot of different things and ways to plug in, and everybody just finds their place. And it, it's very natural. And because our kids are all made to feel so comfortable and, and appreciated, they love it. And they, you know, they love looking at the pictures of kids either they've seen on mission trips um, in other countries or things like that and, and relating to that. And it very much, the more time you give, the more time you want to give. It kind of becomes this this snowball effect that our kids want to be more involved and they want to give their time and um, give their uh, with the gifts that they have. And even as I, as I think about that, you know, I've actually been able to be on the ground, for instance, in Uganda when your family was there. And the thing that I love that I, that I, we say it and it, it, it almost sounds trite, but it's really true. When we give of our time, obviously we're giving and obviously we're helping others and we're making a difference and an impact, but it, we also get a gift back. And I've, I've seen, even knowing your family, the confidence that serving in Uganda has given Johnny and Poppy a belonging that it's even given them. They're, they're serving a deaf community, but in the sense receiving community back themselves. I've, I've seen how your girls have, have poured into uh, this, this, these communities, but they're also getting a blessing back 
and obviously you and Bill and the boys as well. But but talk about the blessing that you actually receive in return and the gift that it's been even to your family and helping you raise your family by them volunteering of their time. Yeah, and Uganda, we are very involved with King Jesus Church and the School for the Deaf and Blind in Uganda. And to watch our former orphan deaf children go to Uganda and actually truly be valuable help to the teachers with the younger kids, working on language with some of the lower kids, doing different things, being able to communicate so smoothly because they pick up the Ugandan Sign Language very quickly, and um, them just being a part of that community and being welcomed back and feeling feeling like they're a part of it and feeling special, and it's just so wonderful to watch. And the girls there with um, Pastor Kajubi and Alan and their girls and playing and hanging out all day and doing things, and um, it just, that has been such a precious, precious and important part of our ministry and in giving time that's our our family's favorite vacation is going to Uganda um, to the little village of Busega and hanging out there it's not going to Disney World or going to the beach and you know they would love those things as well but we look so forward to it. It's been really hard during COVID not being able to go, but everybody wants to be able to go and be there. And, and our kids all feel very welcomed, very loved, very safe. Um, and they love to give and what it gives back to them for my kids to be able to teach little children like with math manipulatives and my kids who may be a little bit, some of them may be a little bit lower functioning, but they've got the same language going on and the same visual acuity and being able to actually help what that does for self-worth and for value and seeing how God brought them from China to America to go to Uganda to help these children, just seeing God's work and you know, it's hard to be adopted, and it's hard to feel um, worthy and valuable sometimes, but for them to be able to experience giving back has helped them. It's given so much to them that it's not only helped their their self-worth, but it's helped them to want to give more, and it's time. I mean, they don't, they don't have money to give. They just have time to give, and... Um, They love it, and I think it has kind of become intrinsically um, them in wanting to give to other deaf kids. They now at the Alabama State School for the Deaf have done some volunteer work with preschool and younger children and things because they got that confidence through giving somewhere else. So, And it's sharing the gospel. I mean, our little poppy will go and share the gospel with anybody who will allow her to, and that's at, at her school here in different places, and she learned that in Uganda. So it's been amazing. Amen. And, and you know, even as I think about that, you know, and all the things, both the gifts your kids have given through their time, but also the gifts they've received by giving in their time. I look back at God's word and you realize, you know, we love, we love to think about all that Jesus did and all that he accomplished the truth of the matter is his ministry was three years 
and he only lived to 33 before he was crucified and then conquered death and, you know, was buried and raised again. His ministry was from 30 to 33, and yet he accomplished so much. But I think the greatest accomplishment, as we see over and over through Scripture, is the presence that Jesus had with his people, with the disciples, with the woman at the well, with the woman that was subjected to bleeding for 12 years, with with the people that would come to him, Zacchaeus. He would notice this small, itty-bitty tax collector up in a tree and say, I'm coming to your house. You know, Jesus had a limited amount of time in which to do this ministry, but his greatest gift was the presence of himself, which is the greatest gift we have today as well, the presence of Christ in us and with us. How has how has you how have you seen the spiritual principle of this idea of presence um, and, and, and really modeling the presence of Christ as your family has invested in your time? How have I seen this spiritual presence? Absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah. clearly in in the places, some of the places that we have gone where initially there is fear, that is such a beautiful opportunity to speak of trusting in the in God and not having fear in God from getting on an airplane and being afraid you're going to crash and die. Well, that's okay because we're in God's hands. And, and if indeed that does happen, then we're with him. And even with Mutebi, teaching him about fear, because he had a whole lot of fears and saying, you know, the worst thing that can happen is what? That your body dies, and then you're with Jesus, and isn't that our end goal? And so I think feeling the presence of Christ with us as we go into all new situations, fear is a big thing for a lot of children who had traumatic um, backgrounds, and Mm. so learning to truly trust and hold on tight. I mean, the sign in sign language for holding on is literally like a fist, like you're holding on a rope. And we do that all the time, just as a sign that, you know, we're hanging on to Jesus. And he's got us no matter what happens. And he's with us no matter what. You're never alone. Christ is always with you. And it's been a really um, important part of what we've Hold our children again and again and again as fear creeps up in experiences that that Christ is always with you. You might be afraid to try this from, you know, standing up in front of a class or um, teaching a class at the deaf school in Uganda or anything, but the presence of Christ never goes away. If you feel like it does, it's you that moved. He doesn't move. It's mm. you. And so talking a lot about that in real um Kind of uh, concrete concepts like um, saying, you know, Christ is right here with you, and if he feels far away, you stepped back. So step back to him. And how do we do that? And praying through that. And um, so, I mean, that is integral in everything we do all day, every day, because we do have some children who are very fearful. Um, and, and it's almost like a mantra that, you know, with with one of them in particular that we have to say, Christ is with you. He is with you all the time. And we'll go back to the Bible and say, you know, let's look at these scriptures and talk about it. And um, so, yeah, without the presence of Christ, none of this works at all. Yeah, Kim, that that is a um, 
that is a that is both a beautiful thing and and a truism. Um, I can tell you, we last night walked through this with one of our kids <laughs> with fear and hearing firecrackers go off in the neighborhood at a weird time and 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 just like how unsettling and you know dysregulating that was and and to to have the yeah. opportunity to say like you don't have to be afraid because because Jesus is with you um and and he like God's presence will never leave you um is you know such an incredible gift that we have um to be able to to pass you know to our kids and to to help to reinforce with them um so Kim as we kind of wind down our time together what would you to someone who out who's out there listening that's saying I, I want to get involved in caring for orphan and vulnerable children, um, what encouragement, advice, wisdom would you give them as as they consider how to use their time in order to care for orphan and vulnerable children? say the first and easiest thing to do is just contact Lifeline and say, hey, I have two hours on a, the third Thursday of the month that I can volunteer. Can I come? Can I? And you need to have a willing heart. I mean, if you're going to come and wash dishes or sweep a floor or stuff envelopes or whatever, be willing and, you know, just get your foot in the door. Any events, get your name on event lists. Um, call your church and see what they, what ministries your church has available to serve um, foster kids to serve in any kind of ministry that they might have that relates to serving orphans and vulnerable children. You know, somebody said um, years ago, and I'm not going to say who because I'm not 100% sure who it was, but they said, um, in matters of the heart, one must go themselves. And um, that's absolutely true with giving of your time. If your heart is really... Uh, wanting, yearning, needing to serve orphans and vulnerable children, you'll give, you'll go yourself, you'll give of your time. And so anyway, contact people you know who have adopted or foster kids. Um, now, there, there are so many ways, and once you get your foot in the door, I think the opportunities will present themselves and you can go deeper and deeper with that. And, and we would love nothing that more. kind of answer it does. And, and yeah. I think we would love nothing more than to be able to connect people so that they can use their, their gifts and their talents and, and the things that the Lord has, has blessed each of us with, because all of those things are relevant. And, and I, I think we, um, at, at Lifeline, you know, part of our, part of our joy in this is to get to live out our mission, to equip the body of Christ, to manifest the gospel to orphan and vulnerable children. And that means every person that claims the name of Jesus, we can, we can find some way um, to, to help them serve. And all of those things are, are relevant, right? They're all needed. We need people to stuff envelopes. We need people to help make phone calls. We need people to, to serve in, in, in very insanely practical ways. Um, and, and so uh, Kim, thanks for, for being an example to us. Thanks for being a friend to us. Um, I just, again, will say publicly, we love your family and we love the way that you, that you serve and the way that you provide an example and the way that you point us and others to Christ in, in what you do. So thanks for, thanks for being with us today on the Defender Podcast. 
Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.